Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everywhere we go, people want to know! Trigger warning. On this week's episode, we talk about suicide with description of someone dying by suicide. Hello everyone, my name is Rebecca Kelly and you're listening to the Everywhere We Go podcast. On this week's episode, I sit down with Ian Kinsler. Ian talks to me about his brother Jonathan. This year will be Jonathan's 10 year anniversary. Jonathan died by suicide. Ian tells me what it is like being left behind and how the last true suicide is like no other. He tells me in his own way how the grief can be complex and even traumatic, experience his own suicidal thoughts for the immediate years after Jonathan's death. He tells me how he would be lost without the support of his wife Stacy, his and her family and his fantastic group of friends. He shares some fond memories of Jonathan and tells me of their mutual love of Dublin, Celtic and the odd ballad. This episode was extremely difficult. It's very raw and very honest. Ian, you're an absolute credit to Jonathan. How you're keeping his memory alive is a testament to the love you have for him. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are and where we come from. So who are you and where do you come from? Uh, my name's Ian Kinsley and I'm from Oakley Gardens. Ian, again, I, you know, I think a lot of people who listen to podcasts, like she's going down to Mofu to take our guests every time. And I'm, I really not. Um, but again, I don't know you from Mofu. Um, so tell me a little bit about growing up in Mofu Gardens. How many of you were in the house? There was myself, uh, the two brothers and my sister and my man there. What was it like? That was great, yeah. Good upbringing. Love Mofu. Uh, all my friends are from Mofu. So... You know yourself, you grew up mobile. Great, yeah. great area, great people. Get into trouble? Uh, not as much, not as, probably a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm probably the worst in the house for getting into trouble, yeah. And the reason I reached out to you was because I seen one of the girls had shared something about what um, the darkness into light. And I reached out to Stacey. Married to Stacey? We am, yeah. Yeah, reached out to Stacey and I said, um, has Ian been affected by suicide? And she said you were. So do you want to tell me about that? Uh, yeah, in 2011, uh, my eldest brother... He took his own life, so he he lived in my nanny's in town, and uh, we got a phone call one day just saying, "Geez, the phone call no one ever wants," and he just told us that uh, something had died. Like, so we had to travel all the way to the town into the inner city. My nanny lived in Clarendon Street and uh, on the Strand. And we had to travel in there. Geez, knowing well that something was dead. Like, what was that journey like? Geez. <laughs> You can relive in your head hundred times a day. You're going in. We got in there. You got the phone call, and uh, you went in. But you still, you knew he was dead. But you had to hope in your head that we got in there, and there was only one. There was just a guard car there, and I was like, "Jeez, they're not obviously walking on him." So we knew once we got in there, he was gone. Like, that was the worst thing ever. Just when you turn into Clarence Street and you see one guy at a car outside my nanny's house, it was just, we knew he was gone, like. And did you know that was suicide when the phone call, or? Yeah, yeah. See, what happened is, Stacey was in work that day, 
So Mia was only two at the time. So I I was out on a walk with me and the pram was a Saturday. And uh, I can remember everything. Like it's mad. I, I can't remember a conversation I had in work yesterday. But I can remember everything about that week, day, conversations I had with people. So you don't really relive that day. You relive the happy memory. So you can't this is probably the first time I've ever talked about this, being honest. Even with Stacey. So yeah, it was a Saturday and uh, I was out on the walk with me and my phone rang and it was just my ma howling down the phone. I was literally at the, the start of Mofu Gardens coming up, just that coming out the Darnell Road, just walking up Mofu Gardens and my phone held. So I ran with me in the buggy, went into the house and I had to ring Stacey's man and dad. So like, come over, we come over and get her. Like John, and she's John was hysterical as well, I can remember. So I get into the house and just me man and dad were running around mental. The house was mental. So we uh, had to wait for John and Nico to come over and get uh, get me. I had to ring Stacey so he could get her home walking on. So uh, just, I was mad. I can remember everything about it. Everything about that day. And what did your man say to you on the phone? You said? Oh, geez, just, John's dead. That's the screams on the phone. He's a, he's a committing suicide, like, couldn't believe it. Now, the week leading up to it, we knew he wasn't right in a way that he's going to, he split up his skirt around and that. And he came out to me, Mars, he lived in town, so he came out to me, Mars, on the tour tonight. My uncle drove him out. My dad on a bit of dinner and that. But he was, he was in, he was, wasn't, he wasn't himself that day. He was, he was crying and that. He made a mistake that week, so, uh, kind of paid the ultimate price for the mistake he made, you know. And who found him? Uh, the, the night before, this is probably the hardest part about it, right? Take your time. That, the night before, like, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't have been odd for Jonathan to go out and get a few bottles. But he kind of locked himself in his room with a few bottles. And, uh, He's the girl. The girl he fell out with, coming around my uncle and says, "Check on him, will you?" So he kind of stuck his head in, and he, he when he stuck his head in, he, he thought Chantum was asleep. So he said, "I'll leave him." So you know, he, you didn't want to wake him up because he was a bit of a nuisance, if you ain't honest. So mm-hmm. he woke him up and he had a few drinks on him. He probably went out on either. So he he left him there. And then the next day, they got up and my uncle went in and they rang. So it was actually Stacey's dad who told us that he died. I don't think he remembers this, but like when the phone call came into my ma's, it was my uncle on the phone and he just uh, looked at my ma and he just done a little nod. And she just went hysterical. My son, my son, she was shouting. I just, I can remember it all. I can remember everything about her. I can remember the face that Stacey's dad, Nico, made and everything to me, Mark. Because he came over to take me just to let her know that he, he was dead. Because like. was there a bit of hope that he was still alive? And it was just that no one had actually said the words to us that... Well, we knew it. We knew it. But when they were walking, like when we went, this when we actually got in to see him that day, he was his lips were blue and everything. So the thing is that any whoever found him knew straight away there was no hope. He was gone. He had probably passed away the night before or into, into the night, like so. Nah, yeah, there was no, there was probably no fucking hope, being honest. Yeah, yeah. He was 26. And you were saying, Dave, just why we just had a little issue there with the mics. Um, you were saying, Dave, that the two of you were very close because you had the same interests. Yeah, yeah. So, me and John used to go to the Dublin games together, just the two of us in there. And he's a big Celtic fan as well, so I'm a big Celtic fan, so. Um, he, he kind of two of us had the same like the same type of music and stuff like that so and then the f- so you're in your nanny's house how old were you is your nanny still there? 
Uh, she tell, no, my nanny passed away. She, uh, she, see, John was the apple of her eye. He's the first grandchild. So he knew this way he lived in there because he knew he wouldn't get away with half. <laughs> so he got away with my ma's house. Yeah. That he did my nanny's. So he lived in there. And uh, she, she, she was hard. She, she took her very bad. Very, very bad. She ended up, she died of cancer a few years later. But. Like she never even told anyone in the family that she had cancer because I think she just wanted to go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's crazy how they do that, isn't it? Yeah, because she, uh, see, because John was so young, like it was never the same. It was never the same for her in the house and that. Tell me about that. So we were saying, did did you have to go to a morgue? Did you have like how did it work? Uh, no, no, no. Thankfully, we didn't have to do that because because Jonathan was in the, he was in his own bed. Uh, once the doctor and pronounced uh, him as dead, then they took a, whatever. Uh, they took a few things. The guards took evidence and stuff like that for uh, the inquest. Uh, they let us in. They let us in to see him. What was that like? Uh, he just looked asleep. Did he? Yeah, but only for his lips were gone blue. Like that's so he had he had passed away a lot. Uh, probably a few, good few hours before. Call me now, like. But, um, yeah, he just he just looked asleep. And how was your uncle after finding him? Like, does he have? Does uh, this is the thing we people don't realise the effects of it. So like families fall out. So I probably spoke to my uncle twice since that. Really? Yeah. What? Why? Uh, it's just I just felt no need. I couldn't. I couldn't go back near Nanny's house. I just couldn't go back in. Uh, once Jonathan wasn't there I felt I needed to go back in I think the only time I've seen half of them was when my nanny passed away Did you feel that there was you know God if I was there I would have woke him up or would have you know that It's just actually you spend your life saying what if what if what if so I can remember there was a, a big game of, on that Saturday night. Jonathan was filmed that morning. Manchester United were playing the Champions League final. So I was ringing him on the Friday because I knew he was upset to see if he wanted to come out with us for the match. And his phone was just ringing out. So I had that in my head there. But I was ringing him. He was dead, like, you know, he passed away. And that was a... Or else he was, I don't know, just, you know yourself, you just keep asking yourself questions. People don't realise that the questions that could throw your mind constantly, constantly of, if I was there, if I had done this different, if this person had done this differently, but. How has it changed your life? Massively. In what way? Uh, Jeez, that, that day John did everything changed. I, I wanted to follow him after about two years. I was still sold for about two years. And then, jeez, uh, I think I made my wife, I made her life hell for, jeez, fuck knows how long. She's still married me, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just, it was horrible to be around. So I was saying to you earlier that, Jeez, I was so nervous about talking about this because I was reliving that day. You never usually talk about that day. That I was like a bull the last two days, even. Even the, oh, it was just... Oh, it changes you usually. It changes everybody. Everybody. Like, sometimes for the better as well because you start to appreciate things a lot more as well. Little things. And then, like, when you're saying that each that for two years that you'd really dark dark years do you just step away do you, do you think that no one can understand it no one can understand what you're going through is that it yeah you're a bit better as well like, you're looking at people getting on with their life you're saying and you're just you're in your own little bubble and you're thinking what's the story with them like I'm talking to me like it's, everything's normal and it's not normal but realistically they're only trying to be nice to you they're trying to they're not even trying to be nice to you. They are being nice to you. And you're looking at them saying, what are you talking about me, brother? Like, what about him? And that's where, that's where all it is, Luke. And do you think with suicide that 
people don't talk to you about it don't like people kind of avoid it yeah yeah they do that, that is a big thing but I think you should talk about it should we talk about it because we, men don't talk about anything so talking about suicide like when we, we got when we got married last year uh, we were on a honeymoon and uh, a young lad from Kulak took his life and I was good and I wasn't friends with this lad I knew him a good load of time for him and uh, when he passed away we were on a honeymoon we stayed so good over it because he so it was just that People, people need to talk about it more. People need to get out there and say, this has to, this has to stop. Like it's, and it's not just now. My, my friends, uh, my best mate, his ma and dad's brother committed suicide. Uh, another one of my friends, our mom's uh, brother committed suicide. Uh, me, me, our brother committed suicide. So it's just, it's, it's never going to end if people don't speak about it. Why do you think men don't speak up? Like as a man, like we can ask, I've asked this question before, but why do you think men don't speak up? Too proud. You like to think that we don't have problems. When we all have problems, don't we? You need to talk about them and... We think that if we bottle it up and hide it away, that it's just gonna, it's just gonna go away. But it's not. You're just putting it up, prolonging the inevitable. You're pushing it back and back and back. You need this. I kind of now. I have no problem now in saying, "Jeez, I don't feel right myself." And I think I've kind of pushed it onto my mates that they have now. I will say, "Jeez, lads, I don't feel right. I'm not, I'm not gonna do this today, or I'm gonna take it handy for a few weeks." But. Uh, we are too proud we look to bottle everything up and it, it, it only affects us worse it hits us harder than the line and what do you say to your mates or what do your mates say to you when you say lads I need a week I need a are they checking in still or ah yeah yeah as I said my, my mates are a good, uh, good crowd we're very close actually all of us so yeah they'd be, they'd be great like that just it's, it's not speaking about my mates but in general lads need to check in on the mates if he's, if he's gone quiet if he's gone if he's gone into himself and you know something different give him a text just see how he is I'd appreciate if someone done it for me I'm sure your mate would appreciate it. he's not going to think jeez what's he texting me like that for he'll appreciate it he'll help him he might tell you what's wrong that text could save his life mm-hmm. you just say how you feeling and it's mad that, like I know, like you can say, oh, women are always talking us, but even as women, we don't, we don't, we don't say, how are you? Like I, I'd go through my Instagram and I'd say to a couple of people, I've seen them go quiet, and I'd say, how are you? And they'd say, no one's asked me that in weeks. Yeah. See, social media is a big thing as well, though. I seen you said that on your Instagram. You said something about social media on your Instagram. Yeah, because people think that everyone's life is great. No one, no one's gonna put up that. Oh, I had Nora with me mom today, and they're gonna put up a picture. They're putting up pictures, the good pictures. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Look, I'm not gonna tell you my life perfect, but it looks it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But if anyone asks me, if anyone that knows me knows I have, I worry about things. You could be thinking, Jesus, this has to be paid this week. I'm not gonna put that on social media. So people need to realise that it's not real. Just live your life. Worry about everybody worries about the same things. We're all in this together at the end of the day, aren't we? Mm. And then talk to me just a little bit about that. If somebody is listening out there, and I know now we are gonna get, I'm probably gonna get a lot more male listeners as well just because you you were on and that's something that we said off mic that whether we'll get the traction on this one because you're a man but I think it's such a subject that's so close to a lot of people's hearts that we will but um talk to me about someone think about it doing it like do you would you love to just sit down with your brother and be like look what you've done look what you've left behind yeah you don't realise that I know all deaths are hard, but suicide, it's the hardest to get over. And everybody says that, that's been affected by it. Like, you always have questions. You're looking at people. Like, I know my man and dad took it very hard. 
they don't want no parents should ever do. And I'm seeing the effects of how bad it is. And this is 10 years later, like, I'm sure people do be thinking, oh, he's caught about his brother again. Because <laughs> I talk about him all the time, because at the end of the day, he was me mate, and I don't want to forget him. But uh, it's, it's just so hard to get over. You never, ever, you never get over it. You never get over somebody taking their own life. Because you don't have answers. Exactly. And you, you're thinking, what have we done on this? What have we just text them? I know we say a lot now that text saying, how are you? But we didn't do it then. We learned the hard way that if you don't text, say, listen, how are you feeling? Of what can happen. So people need, need people need to look out for each other. Look out for your mates, especially lads. And then you said that about your mum and dad. How is your mum and dad? How were they in the moment? Jeez, when I say I, I took a bad. My sister, my sister, no, she took a very bad as well. She, we've only one sister, and uh, she was she she was on her hands that day. She was halfway across the country. Jesus, and she took a she took a phone call on a party bus, so she had to travel back up. Uh, I think they were on Kenny or something. I can't even, I can't remember that now, but mm. she was on her way back to the so. We knew she was going to be hysterical. So, wait, once John, she didn't get the same in the house. So once that he left the house, the next thing was, oh no, Shell's going to turn up now. And it's just, she was hysterical. Brother Gary, uncontrollable. My man died for years. They, they went through it all. Parents could throw out losing a child. Jeez, my dad slept in the graveyard and all one night. Did he? He used to come home. He used to go over a point and come home and he'd sit on the floor. My man tell me the next day he was sitting on the floor just hugging a picture, just uncontrollable for hours. It's hard. It is. You're leaving a, you're leaving a big, big, big hole behind when you go. Don't, don't do it. And sometimes, like, no, I'm not going to say that. Um... Sometimes we have people who just think that there's it's there's no way out and Yeah, that's it. They see no end, but like you're taking your own life, there is no there's there's no way out after that you're gone. Like I can't speak about people's problems, I don't know what what pushed them to that point. Like people tell you that it's, uh, oh, it's very selfish. I had a bloke say this to me in work one day. Now, he didn't know about John. We never told him, but he was saying it. He's just having a conversation and he was, people are so selfish leaving that behind. Uh, coward's way out. That was the word. That's not a coward. That takes some courage to do that. Because you know you're not coming back. So, uh, just... You're leaving behind a massive, massive hole. It's not only you, you're not that I wouldn't say, yeah, it did, it did ruin a lot of our lives for a couple of years. So just, I know John didn't intend to do that, but it did. It could have ruined my relationship with Stacey, it could have ruined that. Only for, thank God, she knew what she stuck by me, but could have ruined my man dad's relationship. Could have ruined everything. Not that he intended to do that, but that's, that's, that's the truth of it, you know? And then, as you said there, your nanny, it was, even though it was cancer, it was probably a lot of heartache. Yeah, yeah, it would have been, yeah. Especially with Jonathan. <laughs> See me. Me and I'd be more close to my dad's side. Mm. So, me and her didn't see eye to eye. Why? So, uh, Jonathan was the apple of her eye. That was it. Uh, she, he was, he knew what he'd get away with in there. Like, he was an idiot as well. Like, he was an idiot. I was give you a story. My dad was sick before he, he, he had cancer, right? So, he was the only hospital treatment he was going to. And Jonathan was living in my nanny's. And he used to go to St. David's and uh, my man got a phone call one day saying, John hasn't been to school in three months. It's like, why are you ringing me now for? Like, yeah. three months down the line. Is everything okay? So she says, I'm about to send him to school every day with his lunch money. <laughs> so for three months and uh, then it's, you know, my man, she blew the top anyway. 
What's he called? <laughs> I don't even know. He was probably called a Chernanis, wasn't yeah, he? Getting into bed. I'd say he was. Definitely. <laughs> I'd say I'd say she knew, yeah. I'd say my nanny knew. Definitely. But what did he do the next day? He fucking went on the Mitch again. <sighs> After getting caught. Like he was an idiot. So uh, yeah, that was partly my nanny's to blame. I'd say she she let me away with everything. And then take me back then to your uncle. Um, if the relationship is fractious now, yeah. will it ever be the same? Do you think will it ever? We don't have feelings against them. We don't. Like my ma, when we got married last year, there was only my ma had one brother at the wedding. You know, I'd say it was hard for her. Uh, as well but no we've no hard feelings there's no reason not to yeah so but yeah I've no hard feelings against them if I've seen them we'd say hello we'd have a chat it's not that like we didn't want to speak to them or they don't want to speak to us it's just it's just the aftermath of we went separate you yeah. know yeah. once once I was probably I couldn't I could count on one hand the amount of times I've been in my nanny's house since Jonathan died does your ma go in? no 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 See, that's that's a, that's another thing with my ma like so. I, I'd always have my ma's back, always. She'd probably count as well, the exact same as myself. Many times she'd be in there, couldn't even like when my nanny passed, my ma got a phone call saying, Listen, your ma has a few hours. And we went up to the hospital and she hadn't talked to him in about a year or two before that week. So she got a phone call to go to the hospital. Very difficult for her. Yeah, yeah. It would be. She's she hides her well, my ma. She she does hide her well. She yeah, she never complains, but yeah, they see it, you know. She's seen it enough for years. Like when when Jonathan do it, I can remember my ma said to me, I just can't cry, she said. What's wrong with me? And she like she's just numb. Numb, that's her fourth son. That's the fourth grandchild on both sides. You know, it's hard to take, all right. And we talked about that earlier on. Um, you just haven't had counselling. Never. None of us ever had counselling now. Don't know why. No, never had bereavement counselling. We had a good circle around me, you know. I was out to chat. I was out to have a chat with like Stacey's brother-in-laws. I was out to have a chat with Stacey. But my man and dad, they just kind of had each other, you know. They, they didn't have a lot. My dad's friends are very good to them, in fairness. But they, they, they just accepted it. Not that they accepted it, they just mm. had to accept it. Mm. They just had to get along with it. See, Jonathan's missed a lot. I mean, a lot. Like, when, when he passed away, Mia was the only one she was two at the time. And uh, now, she's my man's six or seven grandkids, now six. Oh, has she? Yeah, so... And you had I got married he just missed so much that's what you think about what, how different would it be if he was here like, what would the day be like you picture it as I said when, the, when I got married that was very really hard that whole year was hard that was probably the hardest year I had uh, do you picture it do you think yeah, and picture it every day every day I remember Stacey's man said to me yeah uh, People tell you, oh, that, oh, that's saying, never say this to anybody at oh, times a healer. Never, because that's the worst thing you can say to someone. They don't mean it. People are being nice, but it's, it's not. Stacey's mask gave me the hard truth, and she says, don't mind that. She's going to think about them every minute of every day. She's going to be on your mind every day. And truth, truth be told, it was every single day. Tell me about the darkness into light and tell me, have you always done it? Have you always wanted to? Yeah, well, I just tried to do a bit like, when John dies, I kind of can't sit easy. Stacey always tells me, my ma, I have ADHD, so I can't sit easy. So we always try to do something. Uh, when John dies, I set up a football team, I was named after John. Then we, we done a, a jersey campaign for Peter House. He ended up in Dublin Airport. So when you come in from the Royals, there's a plaque telling you the story about Jonathan and that. So uh, then another time, my dad and his friends and all jumped out of an airplane. There was no way I was doing that. Not a hope. <laughs> Not a hope was I doing that. So uh, then this time, Jonathan's 10 years now in May. 
Because I was, sit on three do something for PA the house. Because it's bad at the minute, you know. They depend a lot on the likes of donations. 80% of it is donations and uh, with this darkness in the light I think it was something was said last year he lost 6 million for not doing darkness in the light wow. which is a lot of money <laughs> so just try to encourage people to sign up to it even though it's not happening you can do it yourself like. so we just we're doing a run we're doing 100k not a lot to a lot of people but it's more about the awareness that's why like, I wasn't going to say 200k to you because I wouldn't be able but yeah. 100k makes a lot of people that aren't doing anything get up and say yeah I'll do this I'll, I'll get involved you've raised a fair bit already but yeah. And have you noticed that more people want to get involved with the, the year that's in it is 10 years, but also COVID because people are struggling more? Oh, it's really bad at the minute. Oh, I can tell you, it is. This lockdown is affecting a lot of people worse at the minute. Mental health is through the roof. People are at negative fight online. Oh, that sucked into it as well, you know. You're, you're fighting with people. This is right and this is wrong. And just the, in what way fighting with people you know just people anti-maskers and stuff like that and you're telling them they're wrong and they're telling you you're wrong and then the lads that you grew up with that you get along with and you have to call you, you know you don't want to be arguing with them but you just you've not fucking better mm-hmm. <laughs> no. mm-hmm. but talk to talk to me about the, the fact that the darkness and light they can't run it this year can't they not again no, no. so I got to do with social distancing and government guidelines so they can't run it uh, you usually take part in, usually in countries all over the world like it's huge because the Irish are everywhere now at the minute Australia's one Australia it's one in, one in Dubai they're everywhere but see a lot of people are reluctant to donate to them this year after what came out about the CEO yeah. which doesn't help that cause you know they were letting councillors go while they were paying 200,000 to a CEO and a couple of people have actually said that to me but the way I'm looking at it is she, she's still going to get her money, you know, but the people aren't going to get the help they need. So they still need the help. There's actually where you are. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now there's a counselor sent a PA the house center just around the corner. Oh, is there? And just up there in the Ballymun Road. And that's here, Kilrock. So that needs to be kept going. My wife attended PA the house and she's no problem telling anyone. So. <laughs> That was probably after living with me for after Jonathan week. Uh, probably is. 
some young fellas are getting themselves into trouble. Yeah, definitely. 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 And then tell me then, Ian, that Stacey, okay, so I know Stacey, I know um, Kate, Stacey's family um, and they're a good family. They're a good support system as well for you. And I can imagine that when you were talking about Joan, what about Stacey? Like, what did she say to you when I sent her the message to ask, would you do this? Yeah, she said about Joan there. A lot of people hate that mother in law. I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. My mother in law is great. Great. Kids, absolutely idolizer. We idolizer as well, you know. Tone does. She do everything for you. So, I was actually in Stacey's at the time when Jonathan died. Uh, I sat there that night. I was living there for a while, like, with the kid. And, uh, like, I can only imagine them, like, they were, Jonathan, they wouldn't have really known Jonathan. But, yeah, they were feeling the full effects of it, you know, because I was in the house. That, that, that next morning, I can remember uh, Keith and Louise and Nicola and Alan were at a, a, a Kings of Leon concert and they stayed in Jones, Nicola and Alan stayed in Jones and it was uncontrollable the next day. It was just, uh, I can remember, Jesus, oh, I was fucking howling in the house. This day, you know, saying, what hell, what are we going to do? How is this? I remember Nick and Alan were in the next room. I'm saying they were thinking, oh, Jesus, what are we are getting ourselves into? We should have went home last night. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Stacey, uh, she just texted me saying, uh, she sent me a screenshot of your message. It was actually in work. And uh, she said, yeah, well, they were, we don't mind doing it. And then we, I had time to think about it. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, Jesus, what are we are getting ourselves into? I only wanted to do a room this month. <laughs> But uh, now, nah, if if it reaches one person, it'd be worth it, you know. But Stacey just said to me, "It'd be good to do it." Ian. Like the other night, <laughs> probably, the other night, I looked at my phone. I couldn't work, and I looked at my phone. It was, it was five o'clock in the morning. I was just overthinking this and overthinking. What if they ask about this? What, what do we say about this? Like people, I share a lot about John on social media. I share a lot of good things. I never really talk about that day. Stacy would now have things. She, this, she listen to some of this and say, "Jesus." So we're going to me telling people it's a bit hypocritical. Me telling people don't bottle her up or I'm not bottling up for ten years, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know she she is a saint. She, she didn't run away anyway after mm. living. She literally not that. I know we say I gave her an awful time. Like I mean, just in my temperament, I was just always in bad form. And it's tough living with someone like I, and I know he won't mind. It's probably behind me. He's going to shoot his head up now. But like, I think I, at a time I did have to say, Paul, I actually can't deal with you anymore. You're, you're a cranky ass. I just can't. And I'm like, I, I just can't. I was like, we so, get that on the daily. Yeah. It's like, and it is very hard, but obviously he hasn't been affected. He's just cranky because he's been working like, as, as Paul works and travel and travel, one of the biggest industries has been affected. So I, I did have to sit down with him saying, I can't have you in this house so bad, in bad form. But I'd say, Stacey, I can only say this, but that she's just so worried about you. Yeah, she would as well. Now she knows now, oh, I'm never going to do that. You know? No. That's what she knows, but like, just little things. If, if I have a drink in the house, this this is when I share most memories of John. When I have a drink, right, I'll be sitting in the house and I don't really drink in the house. She always giving out, she loves a bottle of Prosecco and I say, oh, I'm not going to bother tonight. And she's like, oh, you. So I kind of, I'd have a drink and I'd put music on. And then when she sees the music going on, oh, you knock that off, you're going to be in bad form. And that's still now, like, she said that to me the weekend. And it does, it brings you back, you know. What songs bring you back? So, with me and John, we kind of, uh, we'd be big into like ballads and stuff like that. And uh, kind of, I can remember when at the grave, like when he was going into the ground, uh, he asked me to sing. We had a bleeding note in my head. So he asked me to sing. And uh, we sang uh, Dublin the Red Out Times. And when I turn that on, it just takes you back. But uh, 
just little things like that, you know, they bring you back and they put you in bad form because you're thinking about it. And you don't mean to put yourself in bad form, but it does. What put you in, what songs put you in good form? What songs remind you of them that you go? Uh, kind of, my first ever gig was Oasis in Slane Castle. <laughs> and it, he was a f- oh, nuisance that day. Oh, stop. He was, so me and the two brothers went and that's probably one of the best memories I have because the three of us were together you get me and uh, my uncles was there as well so that was so I kind of like that I like them memories because the good times you know mm-hmm. that Oasis people, people like it was actually Raj said to me one day bro geez you're very young for Oasis where did that come from he says you're a different gen- I was telling them the two brothers are big Oasis fans but it was going to that, that gig now that, that, that's a good memory so I like, I like listening to tunes that bring you back to that you know but it's tough I'm sure girls are going to be saying listen to this and this isn't like the last ones is it no, but not at all, because like different podcasts, different people, the crux of it all is that we, it's, and it is nuts that how many, and I know Kulak is not that, it's not that big, Mofu especially, Prizewood is not that big Everybody at knows all. everybody. We all know everyone, but we've, there's so many of us who are a story, there's so many of us that have had some sort of affliction in our lives that we should be sharing more, do you know what I mean? And this is what I think... For you sitting there, it, 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 I know it. I don't think I know it's very difficult. But if someone out there, girl, buddy, he, she, whoever is listening, and you can hear the rawness in your voice as you speak to him, if this just prevents one person or helps one person, or if someone, as you said earlier on, someone say, "God, I didn't know Ian, you know, lost a brother." Do you know what I mean? To suicide. Mm-hmm. I've lost someone to suicide, and if someone just then kind of contacts you and says, "Ian." You know, yeah. I, I'm I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with it. I kind of, I kind of get that. Uh, I know some people do try to talk to me. Do they? Yeah, yeah. Like just the other day, a lad text me and kind of say, "We oh, won't like say much about him." Yeah. He just said, "Look, I'm having a bad time." He said, "I'm on a antidepressants at the minute. I'm just having a drink here." And I was like, Jesus, I was in work at the time. And you kind of talk back, you don't know what to say. So, look, we had talk to be friends about it, you know. But I just kind of had a few texts between the lad. I won't say what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, and he just said thanks at the end of it. Thanks very much. So I think he just literally wanted someone to talk to. And uh, the reason I actually done this was my brother, Gary, he lives in Kilkenny. So he got a text there a few weeks ago. And I don't know what, because we do a bit for PA Day, somebody asked him, had he got a contact in PA Day? Because uh, his 16 year old niece was in a very bad way and they couldn't get all the help she needed. And we thought that was shocking. The 16 year old, I thought it was shocking that GPs won't look at her. This girl's crying out for help, her mother's crying out for help. I hope to God I never have my own two kids, you know? Because mm-hmm. it must be the worst thing in the world. So she was trying to get her the help she needed. And nobody had listened. That's disgraceful. Isn't it a worry about what you just said that there? And that would be my biggest thing. I am so careful with my words yeah. around my... I'm Amelia especially because she's 11 this year and Mia is 12, isn't she? But yeah. I'm like, if I say to her, oh, look at you skinny bum, I even skinny, I'm afraid to say to her, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, you know, Paul was messing with Ariel and he was going, oh, chubby chubster. And I was like, don't say that to her. Yeah, yeah. And it's like stuff that, you know, we'd always, we would have said years ago, excuse me, mad say worse to me yeah. years ago. But now it's like, I'm so careful with words because that's the worst thing for you. To- it's, it's disgraceful with me. She kind of got a hard time last year or so. And the uncle's a little, f- oh, God forgive me. Girls are impressionable, you know? Mm. What's, what's said to them is stuck sticks in their mind. Especially at that age, she's in sixth class. Really. Mia, is, she's a very quiet child, she's a good child. And like, deep down, we was thinking, Jesus, this can't affect her. Like, if, I, if someone said to me, Mia's saying this to me, or Mia, make sure she fucking didn't she didn't leave the house for a month mm-hmm. that's what I do I, I was raised I wouldn't let me have a phone 
wooden letter on stage. So going to surprise that one day with a phone and uh, she was she was crying and everything. But uh, she she was on it. She only played games on it. She is an armor clad with old children. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. That's it. Mm. But, uh, like um, I remember we, we went to Vegas on our honeymoon and we got our stuff out Tommy Hilfiger and all and we took them out and she said why are you not wearing them she says no, all the tags on them oh, I'm not wearing them why because they told me they were fake so let them be kids let them play their games let them do this so that kids this is the, this is the pressure from social media this is what I was saying earlier these kids are going to have serious pressure when they grow up to have all the best of gear live your life yeah, you could because again, and it, it, the other day I said to Amelia, go on to Zara there and pick a few outfits. She needed a few new, new like spring outfits. Like, you know, when I said to her, go on to Zara there and pick a few outfits. And our bill was like 540 euro. And I was like, now let's just whittle that down and do that. And then like my girls know that mommy, especially they know daddy works. They know daddy works, but they know mommy works. Mommy didn't have what you had. Mommy was from the courts. Mommy didn't have television. Mammy was lucky to have dinner on the table. My man and dad worked for everything they did, same as your own man. But like my girls know that their mammy works so hard to get what she wants. And if she has a delivery that comes or something like that, she's just like, oh, show me. And I'm like, oh. and I'm so excited about a 70 euro piece of jewellery that I'm at buying yeah. myself. And I'm explaining that to them. But the likes of the confirmations and the, like it's the confirmations, especially and seeing like, I think when the girls was like, I was like, what happened to Tommy Hill? Like what happened? Like it's not even Tommy Hill now. Yeah. It's not even like Ralph Lauren, it's Gucci. Oh, I had to get my Gucci jacket. And one of the girls, um, a pal of mine, and she got the unplayed Gucci jacket and it was like 660 euro for his confirmation. And that was like a jacket. So the pressure on the kids today. It's mental. It is mental. I just mean that we, if people want to do it, they can do it. That's up, that's everybody's choice. As we said earlier, everyone should have a choice to do whatever they want. But like me and Stacey walk, we get them from each other if I want. It's exactly. not that. Yeah. Just, I'd rather she, I'd rather she, she fucking didn't have all this crap on her, you know. But uh, uh, she, but just it was tough when she was getting that. She went on for about a year. So. And how did you stop yourself from wanting to go? Because I, I do it with Ari. Ari came home today and she was like, oh, one the girls said I was a stupid girl in class. And I was like, I'm going to punch her. And I was like, Rebecca, I can't say that. Yeah, no, it is. You just, you, I tried to tell her, listen, these kids are going to, I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but these kids are, this is what, the, you can go on, you can go on to do what you want in life. You can go on to college if you want to. Like, she can, I'm trying to, I try to start the course now, to try, and the only reason I'm doing it now, I finished school after my junior shirt, I hated school, hated it, I used to get fucked out, left, right, centre. Where'd and you yeah. go, David? Uh, the tech. Oh, did you? Did you? Yeah, whoever lived in the courts rattled on me before, I changed my address to open your courts. Oh, really? And he brought up all the letters to the school. <laughs> All the suspension letters, so he might got about a year worth of them in, in one day. Did you think she was just children in the room, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, was Margaret? Probably was. I know my match, you know, because we all went to the tech, so we know exactly what it was like up there. But uh, yeah, I, I started a course now to try show the kids that they can do what they want. If she wants to go to college, you need, you're going to need a college to something now. Especially if you want to earn money, you need to have a background. These kids are just finished school after leaving shit. Probably doing shit. And the man does won't care. Me, I, I I'm saying me left in June and the man does. I don't think he had a choice with me. I just wasn't going to school anyway. But it was the big, probably a massive regret that I didn't stay on. So I'm trying to show to me that she's going to have to stay on. She's already getting told she's going to college. She's no choice. Same for mine, but it is mad. Like my dad drilled it into us that we had to go to college. Robert didn't, but now thank God Robert's in a good job, you know. Um, I think now, he went back and done it, didn't he? Yeah, he, he went back and did it, yeah. Um, and But it was drilled in it, but we just want better for our children than what That's we had, is. isn't it? That's all it is. Like, uh, your man, dad, my man, dad gave me everything wrong. Uh, they did, and we... 
we appreciated it, you know. It wasn't it was a little bollocks as well, but it's, when you get older, you appreciate it. Mm. Appreciate what they do for you. Appreciate what they went through. And then to still do what they did and give us what we wanted, you know. I can remember... <laughs> I cried because I didn't get a, a, an electric scooter or a shanty. <laughs> I never asked for it. Mm. But my mate got one. So I ruined the whole Christmas because I wrecked my man's head with it. And then he went out and got me an electric scooter. I told you now, I realised, Jesus Christ, I ruined the whole Christmas. Just Yeah. Uh, my kids are, they, Mia's very good. She never asked for that. But, uh, I know she's in a head case. She's, I don't know where we go, but she's weird. Second child. Oh, definitely. <laughs> she's mad as a bush. She's torment her sister. Oh, what am I to say? Ian, so there's two things I want to ask you. Um, so the first thing I want to ask you is, is there science? Can people look out for science? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> like, as I said earlier, John can come out of the house on the door thing. And I know me ma, like... She stood at the door longer than she should have and she was waving at him. And she said uh, she said to us before, I don't know if she even remembers saying this, that something made her stand there and wave him off and he was waving out of the van. And that was the last time she ever saw him. So that he, yeah, there is a lot of signs you can look out for. And you go in if you think something's wrong. You think something's wrong, exactly. You think something's wrong. Well, he break down the relationship with Jonathan he finished with his mom or whatever and uh, he just he was he took it very hard so but I don't think I know when I say so I don't think he, we ever thought he'd go that far you know but uh, people talk about it See, this is, what, this is what usually happens. People talk about, oh, I'm going to do this. They finally get the courage up to do it. And that's the sad thing about it. Unless they get the help they need, they do get the courage to do it. Because it's a bit, it's, it takes some balls to do it, you know. But they do get the courage. If they, they make themselves, they'll get, they'll go out and have a few drinks. Like you said, John, had a few drinks. Yeah, they... And did he say previously that he was... Uh, he texted that girl that night saying, I'll see you in heaven. That's the text he said though. Now, I don't know. We heard that the next day, you know? So that's when he went up and checked on him and thought he was asleep. But obviously not. He took a lot of tablets and knocked him out. He went in his sleep. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. No, in fairness, he did. He, he didn't. When we done the post, man, when we went to the coroner's court, I said that he went in his sleep. So I know it's some type of, some type of, uh, takes a bit of that he didn't suffer, you know. And we had a little conversation. We won't name any names, but, um, that I said to you, I have a friend down the country and that her um, nephew kept threatening to do it and kept threatening and then one night he was found about to do it and they called the family and the family were like tell him to come home tell him not to be stupid he's always at it he's always doing that like it was basically get off the phone tell him to stop see that's a cry for help the cry for help is and, and get to the stage where that poor young flip will eventually do it he will he needs help if he's at a threat, like if any if, if you're thinking in your head, I'm gonna end my life, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it, you will eventually do it. You know that's just, if if you have that many problems that are building up and building up and building up, they're gonna get too much. Somebody needs to step in and help, and that's look out for signs like that. Look out for the signs where they are coming out for help. It's that's attempting or talking about suicide or saying I'm gonna do it or literally going to do it and people are saying, ah, oh, he's only looking for attention. Exactly, that's exactly what he's looking for. He wants you to help him. So never say that. You you're just leaving yourself with regret. Like imagine if that lad had done it. That family obviously didn't mean to say that. Oh, he's always had to leave and tell him to go home. But imagine 
what you're putting yourself through for the rest of your life with that question. Jesus, you're the fucking mental. That was my fault for ten. You're blaming yourself. You're gonna blame yourself. You're gonna spend the rest of your life blaming yourself for something that, not that was avoidable, but you could have helped. You could have helped. So you're better off for your own sake because you torment yourself. You will torment yourself for the rest of your life and never ever say to anybody. That's my advice anyway. Never ever say, ah, he's only looking for attention because that is exactly what he's looking for or she's looking for. Give them the attention. Give them the time. It could be the difference with them being here and you not suffering for the rest of your life as well. Do you think you're going to suffer for the rest of your life? Absolutely. Every single day. Not that I suffer. It's just, you never, ever get over it. It's very hard. Like, as I said earlier, that about my friends, the, uh, uncles and aunties that, that passed away, I know their mothers and fathers are still feeling it. They grown up kids. I know they talk about their brothers and their all the time. It's just something, it's, it's a lot harder to deal with suicide than it is anything. Like, you get to say goodbye, you never get to say goodbye with suicide. You never get to say what you want to. So, deep down, you said suffer. I wouldn't say I suffer, but I tormented, tormented myself with questions all the time. That's the word I use, tormented. And then finally, if Jonathan was sitting here with us now, what would you say to him? Oh, Jesus. Look what you're doing. Look what you put us through. I know you didn't mean it, but we have had been to hell and back. You literally, I know if I'd never, I'd never be angry. Well, I was angry at him. I was angry at him for a long time. I didn't tell anyone that, but I was. I was pissed off. I used to, oh, I was very angry at him. But... Like, look what he missed. Look at everything you missed in life. Life, you, life's a one, you get one chance at it. Live it. Live it. If these problems go away. Like, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. That's what Pieta House say, and that's just sticking in everyone's head. You are not coming back from this. Your family are going to suffer for, it for, for as long as you are here. And you're going to leave a hole that's never going to be filled. Ever. Your mother's only eight grandsons. Jonathan actually has a child. Did he? Yeah. I don't think... Yeah, that's, that's kind of why... What happened? He, he went out, he's gone out with a girl and... He, he kind of... When he said, got himself drunk, went, had one way stand. And that's where everything went downhill. Paid the ultimate price for it. So, Just still be in touch with the child? Yeah. We do a bit. We we would see him go up here, yeah. He made his communion this year, last year. We'd see him go up here. Uh, it's, it's blood, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Very hard to make a connection, though. Mm-hmm. Very hard. But, listen, I'll be there from if he ever needs me, that child, ever. Sure. But, you're kind of looking at and he's fucking ringer for him. Is he? Oh, ringer. And that's why it's kind of hard, you know, because you're looking at him saying, he left something behind. That's the way you look at it. He left something behind. But like, he missed a lot of that young lad's life as well. I'm sure that young lad will get older and he'll be very bitter about it. News will be there to answer the questions and tell him about his dad. Yeah, yeah. And if he ever needs us, if he ever needs us, we'll be there. Like. You're doing the PH house, so it's a 100k run. Yeah, 100k between the 8th of April and the 8th of May. It's just to get much needed funds for Pieta House that are suffering. How can people donate? It's, I'm on Instagram. Anyone that's going to listen mostly around the area, so you'll see it. I'll lot, tag you, I'll tag you. Yeah, a lot of people around the area are doing it as well, which is good to see, because just getting people looking after their own mental health as well. So everyone's sharing the link. The link is there. Uh, and What's the goal? What's the aim? Uh, it was actually just a 500 goal. Just going to set ourselves on that. Between other people setting up their own donations and that, we're probably over 2,000 at the minute. Still a month ago, so it takes a t- it's a thousand euro to save someone from the minute you walk into the house till the day you walk out. Okay, it's roughly around a thousand euro. So 
the fact is now by us doing this we saved two people's lives at least which is great very well done to everybody that donated and still so don't worry help us out help yourself out help your community out I'll make sure to put the link up then as well Ian on that note I'll end it there thank you so much for sitting down with me I know it wasn't easy um, and as you said it's just the stories are just helping people that's all it is it's just to try and help and I hope you do I hope you do kind of eventually not torment yourself you know so much and you probably need to go to counselling and talk about it talk about it well this is like a council session yeah 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 Yeah. I know thanks very much hope you helps one person at least thanks Ian no problem imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.